AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Welcome to Creature Feature, production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Mini Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and today on the show... Do you have a frog in your throat? Well, you should get it out of there. Frogs may seem like cute little sweethearts, but they can pack a punch when they need to. From dangerous booties to headbutts from hell, we're looking at these cuties with some devilish secrets. Discover this more as we answer the age-old question, are my eyes up here or are they down there? Joining me today to learn how not to croak from a stab from a frog is host of the Cold Brew Got Me Like podcast, author of the Advice King Anthology, and probably human, Chris Crofton. Welcome! Hi, Katie. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on back. I think the last time I had you on was pre, pre-Panino, pre-Panini, uh, when we were, yes. we were talking about um, alien life forms under the sea. Yeah, I was wondering when I was going to come back on Creature Feature. I'm glad to be yeah. here. And yeah, it was a long time ago. I had just done Daily Zeitgeist or something, and then I I met you or something, and yeah, we did a show about. I didn't remember what we did the show about. It was what we do sea creatures. The, yeah, sea creatures. Mariana Trench type stuff, like those see through octopuses yeah, and stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, today we're talking about frogs. <laughs> cool. What are your What are your attitudes towards frogs? I've always been afraid of them uh, if they're big. Mm. Uh, because growing up, my, my, I mean, not afraid of them. Like, uh, I, I guess I'm just afraid of animals in general. So I, <laughs> like when I was a kid, everybody would go to this pond near my house mm-hmm. and they would catch frogs, you know, bullfrogs. And they'd like, I just remember the kids that are all like, you know, senators now 
would like grab the bullfrogs, you know, and just be like, hey, look, I have a bullfrog and like hold it up, you know, and squeeze it, you know. Oh, I just you know what I mean? Like they were just like grabbing them. You know what yeah. I mean? No problem at all. And I was like kind of I would pretend I wanted to catch one because I knew that was what I was supposed to do because to be, a, you know, a dude. So right. I, you know, to, to impress the other people. But I at the last minute would pull my hand away because I really didn't. I was just they were so big. The bullfrogs back then, I don't know, it was the 70s. They were very lo- like when I was eight or something in 1977. I don't know if they're still growing them that big, but bullfrogs <laughs> are pretty big. Yeah, no, they still get they still get pretty big. Yeah. So, I, how do you feel, Katie? Have you ever? I mean, uh, aside from obviously not squeezing them, how do you feel about catching a frog? Yeah. Have you have you ever caught a frog? Yeah, little ones. When I was a kid, I lacked the uh, moral compass that I have as an adult, so I would catch frogs and. <laughs> yeah. I would try to keep yeah, them yeah. as pets. I didn't know what I oh, was okay. doing. There there were mistakes made, uh, lives lost on the altar of my journey of discovery about, hey, you can't you can't do that to a frog. But I, I wasn't cruel. Right, right. I wasn't like- intentionally cruel. I just thought maybe if I put them in like a jar with like a leaf, that would be fine. But it typically wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I never got that far, but I do like little frogs I'm not bothered by. Yeah. I just remember there there were so many rites of passage where I grew up in Connecticut where it was just like a bunch of macho bullshit. And part of it was like just grabbing the hell out of f- giant frogs. And I was... <laughs> I was hesitant, <laughs> but I, yeah. but I, but I like frogs, and I think I think they're very cool, and I like little ones. Uh, but yeah, I just have a vivid memory of that being like one of the tests of masculinity where I grew up that I failed. That's so interesting. It's it shows how much our concepts of masculinity is cultural, right? Because I would never have thought that you'd have to prove yourself uh, to be masculine by grabbing a frog. Oh, as we're going to talk about, I think you will feel better about the fact that you were not one of the kids that wanted to grab the frogs because that may, evolutionarily speaking, have been to your benefit. Hell yeah. I knew it. Validated all these years later. (laughs) I love it. Thank you, Katie. You're very welcome. First, we're going to talk about the a frog, a little one, a little frog, and it has mm-hmm. to pull some pretty interesting tricks to make sure that it is not someone's dinner because this is the Kyoyaba dwarf frog. And the Kyoyaba dwarf frog, I mean, so, you know, have you heard the saying that words are mightier than the sword? Um, you know, it's mightier yes. than both words and swords, inflatable poisonous butts with eyes. Wow. Yeah. Makes sense. It's deep. So, yes, South America's Cuyabo dwarf frog has a butt that won't quit. It seriously will not quit, even if you beg it to. This is a little brown frog found in grasslands and near ponds and swamps. But it has many potential predators, including snakes, birds, bats, or coatis, who are long-snooted carnivorous mammals related to raccoons. So there's there's a lot of things out there that would want to eat this cute little brown frog, which, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy. As Kermit once said, it's not easy being green, but I'd also say it's not easy being a little brown frog either. <laughs> no, 
And this frog is frightening. I wouldn't pick this frog up just because it has those humongous eyes on its butt cheeks. That's right. So when it is threatened, the Cleaba turns the other cheek, the uh, butt cheek. It presents its butt, inflates itself with air, and shows off two huge, black, shiny, yellow-ringed eye spots on its rear end. And they really do look convincingly like eyeballs. So these large eyes look like they belong to a much larger animal than the dwarf frog. Uh, the dwarf frog itself is only around three centimeters big, so it's just a little guy. So if it has these huge eyes, a predator is going to see these and think, oh, this must be a larger animal than I previously thought. Wow. I'm going to paint some big eyes on my butt cheeks. It's a time-tested evolutionary um, masterpiece, so sure, yeah. I mean, if you're... I'm going to have to get the Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, tattoos I have there already uh, lasered off, though. Mm. I have Flea's face on one butt cheek and uh, Anthony Kiedis <laughs> on the other. I feel like that would be a pretty easy cover-up tattoo. Just, uh, you know, instead of removing uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, you just turn them into uh, giant frog butt eyes. And, you know, that way, I think it's... Yeah. There are... There are tattoo parlors running a deal where they will do discounts on butt cover-ups as long as they are, um, <laughs> you know, mimicry eyes. They call it a frog conversion or something? <laughs> I I think that's really weird, Katie, because what's weird about the eyeballs thing is like, it's true they look like eyeballs, but I mean, still the frog itself, it's, if it's two centimeters big, I would wonder why predators get so scared. But anyway, I just, that's very, it's insane what, I mean, that is absolutely crazy that that it's nature the, came up with a big pair of eyes on this butt. Yeah. Well, it's the, it's what animals have learned is the proportion, right? Like, so if you have huge eyes, those eyes usually belong to a big body. So if you see, like, imagine yeah. you're, imagine you're a snake and you're going along in the grass and you just come face to face with a pair of giant eyes inside, you know, in the grass, you're not necessarily going to know that it's only connected to a three centimeter big frog. Yeah. You're probably thinking this belongs to a much larger animal. I I need to back away right. right now. Like this is the world's smallest German shepherd or something. <laughs> Aw, that'd be so cute. <laughs> like I bet the snakes are scared as f like imagine that would be so scary. Yeah. I mean I I mean if you saw just like a pair of giant eye a pair of disembodied giant eyes, right? Like that's that's scary on its own. Like, you don't even know they're attached to a butt yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I back off of regular frogs, so I, I'd be double. I'd, I'd, I'd probably climb yeah. a tree. And I back away from regular butts, so, you know, it's a double, wow. it's a double threat. <laughs> right. Well, I think that's interesting. I wonder if snakes do get scared, though. I think they just probably, they probably don't have that in them. They probably just, like, get, they probably divert. You know, I, I was imagining, since you said imagine yourself being a snake, I was trying to think of, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Snakes are probably just like instinct. They're just like big eyes, 
turn left. Like they're not scared. I I picture it. I pictured for a second a, a snake being like afraid, which I don't think. They yeah, did. shaking a little bit, gulping. Little, yeah, getting a little sweaty. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I it is an interesting idea. I don't know what it's like to be a snake, how it feels to be a snake, but I do think like start like the startle response. There probably is some adrenaline and with fear in humans, we kind of have this emotion attached to it that we know is fear. But I would imagine for something like a snake, it is a stressful experience. They probably don't have an awareness of like, I'm scared because of the butt eyes. However, they may feel just this like jarring stress response. So it's probably not pleasant. No, probably not. And they also don't get any food. Yeah. Yeah. They thought they were going to get food, but instead they got a pair of horrifying butt eyes. And if they try to actually eat this frog, right? Like if they call this frog's bluff, the frog has another trick up its butt. Uh, it actually has a pair of glands that secrete a toxin that is poisonous when eaten. One frog actually contains enough Man. poison to kill 150 mice, according to National Geographic, and I do not know how they know that. Like, how they know it kills 150 mice per frog. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how they would. I was just thinking that. I, don't, I love when they measure stuff like that, though. It's kind of like horsepower. Yeah. I always think about when they say horsepower in a car, <laughs> I always picture like 600 horses pulling a car. Right. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I wonder how they did that. I hope they didn't put 100 mice in a cage with those, these, one of these butt <laughs> monsters. I would imagine they probably do like see how much it takes to kill one mouse and then yeah. extrapolate. From the volume of poison in the frog, like, oh, this is how much kills one right. mouse. Therefore, math, this is how much kills 150 mice. I really hope they worked smarter, not harder, and didn't just like, well, let's keep going. Let's see how many mice this this can uh, this can kill, because that would be that'd be pretty grim. That reminds me of a joke by the stand-up I like named Ben Branfin, who had this joke where he said. Like they say that a like a stingray has enough poison in it to kill a horse, and he was like, "What kind of ecosystem is that?" Which I always like that <laughs> joke. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, it's like, "What kind of measurement is that?" He's like, he also he said, "You know what else would kill a horse? The ocean." <laughs> good, good. I like good that. Joke. I like I always, that. Joke. I always, I always like that joke. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that this frog could kill a horse if a horse decided to uh, mosey over to this frog's territory. It actually has a bad taste and is irritating to the eyes. So if a predator gets kind of a lick in, <laughs> it's going to taste nasty, feel bad, and it's going to get a tummy ache. Uh, and if it eats enough of it, wow. it's going to start vomiting. So... It's gonna Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's this gonna frog be is... really like I it's like just this poor snake slung over a toilet, throwing up some other snake, you know, patting it on the snake back. Being like, frog butt? Yeah. I got into that frog butt. Wow, that is uh 
That's like, so I think it's interesting how some animals are so protected and some animals don't get anything. This one gets eyes on its mm-hmm. butt, but you and and also poison. And also, I want to know what scientists tasted the frog to see to judge whether it tasted <laughs> bad or good. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely an intern, because not no a one scientist. Can, <laughs> you, you can't interview a, you know you can't interview an animal and say how the frog tastes I mean I think if they're vomiting you have an idea if they're gagging oh, oh, oh okay oh that would be it oh, okay maybe that's it okay okay I didn't yeah. realize okay they vomit okay that makes sense that's a good way to judge I guess making yucky like if they lick their lips it means it tastes good yeah. and if, it- <laughs> they, if the snake goes mm, yummy and if they vomit frog, it tastes bad yeah, yeah yeah totally and if yeah, the yeah. snake's going oh, yes. oh no yeah then you, it's probably tastes bad. Unless, unless vomiting, unless vomiting is how snakes celebrate, which we don't mm. really know. I for a fact don't know too much about. <laughs> I don't know too much about how snakes celebrate. <laughs> I I don't think it's well. Maybe if the celebration is after they've eaten an egg, I know they do regurgitate the eggshell. So maybe that's kind of celebratory. Like I just ate wow. an egg. Hooray! Splat. Right. I think they dance around to those horns when they, they d- celebrate. They dance around horns? No, to those horns, you know, uh, the snake charmer horns. Oh, right. Flutes. Flutes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining like a celebrate. Vu- I'm imagining like a vuvuzela <laughs> or a French horn like snakes like horns? <laughs> no, snakes hire a guy to play the flute and then they all party. Yeah. Look, I'll you stop. Know, you can get back to, you mean, get back to all, the biology. We were, I'm sorry. <laughs> we were all in college. Even snakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was my favorite kind of party in college. <laughs> when you hire a guy with a flute. Oh, my God. That was so fun. Yeah. Pan flute party in college. Uh, everybody danced around. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those were the <laughs> oh, best. Oh, yeah. Everyone oh, knows yeah. about those. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, You can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, 
Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier, connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. There are frogs out there who are not satisfied with just your typical sort of frog look, and they really want to... They have kind of bent the tradition of what a frog needs to look like. They've got some frog hout couture. They have a duck bill, which I... When I saw, like, pictures of these, I didn't think it was a frog. They do not look... Based on the face, they do not look like frogs. They look like some kind of weird duck-amphibian hybrid, maybe like a cross between a fox and a frog. It's very strange. And there are actually a number of species that have this duckbill look. And we're going to first talk about the Nyctomantis genus. And so these are small frog species that live in these tiny pond ecosystems inside of plants in South America. So just a quick note about these little pond ecosystems. Bromeliads are flowering plants of a variety of species. The tank bromeliads actually have these sharp spear-like leaves that come in these brilliant greens, reds, yellows, and pinks. They attach themselves to trees, and they actually have a bowl structure in the middle of their leaves that collects rainwater and acts as a miniature water ecosystem for everything from little invertebrates like insect larvae to even terrestrial crabs. And frogs will often use these little ponds to live in. Sometimes they will lay their tadpoles in. So it's really incredible, these bromeliad uh, ecosystems, which I'm sure I'm going to talk about more on the show in general. But today we are just focusing on the Nyctomantis tree frog that will live in these little ponds. So if you are in these areas where there are these bromeliads. If you peer inside a bromeliad, you may find a little frog looking back at you. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's so, that's nuts. How can there be a frog inside a flower? (laughs) That's crazy. It's. That's, I mean, living in a pond. I mean, I can imagine a frog hiding in a flower, but I can't imagine a frog living in a flower, but what a great place to live. My God. Yeah. And it's actually serves the bromeliads quite well because the, I believe it's the, the nitrogen that is excreted by the animals that live inside of these ponds is actually good 
for the flower. Like they get free fertilizer from these little animals that live inside these little ponds. And then the animals get shelter and a nice little pond environment. That's it's like, you know, they're it's their own little private pool, which is incredible. That's what I mean. That's like that's a, that's like the dream of like, you know, like I write poetry sometimes and like. You know, that's a poetic image. Like you live in a pond inside a flower. That sounds like a mm-hmm. poem. You know what I mean? That's like, that's like a, that's like a mind blower. Like uh, as far as uh, a secret world, like, you know, I mean, you want to get away from the internet or something. You live in a po- pond inside a flower. Yeah. It's like, it is a sort of fairy, it's the fairy lifestyle that these frogs are living I hope they're digging it. Like, I hope they get yeah. it. I hope they know. I hope they're like, we <laughs> are having the life right now. I really like, hope this is it. This is what I'm... these frogs appreciate how good they have it. That's what I mean. Like, well, you know, if you think about all the all the relentless capitalism that happens, yeah. it's all like all the cutthroat, step on people's heads, nightmares we live through is just so people can get to this. Like, the, yeah, the biggest sociopath in the world. You know Jeff Bezos or or well, you know what's his name? What's it? Richard Branson or whatever. Yeah. Like after they after they step on everybody's neck, they they sit inside a flower. Yeah, uh, their own flower pool. And this right, and this frog does it without any violence <clears throat> or any uh, capitalism. It just fucking gets in a flower. And I think that people should realize that they also could get into a flower if they yeah. wanted to well, and skip all the all the meanness. Well, hold hold that thought about the violence part. I mean, I will I Uh-oh. will agree with you though. Oh no. There is not so much capitalism happening with these frogs, but there is I mean, when I say violence, I think it's Personally, I think it's justified because these these little dudes are just trying to live. Uh, and so uh, they need to protect themselves. So the Nyctomantis tree frogs, uh, there is one that is particularly striking looking called Bruno's cask-headed frog that lives in Brazil. And this frog is incredible. It's I mean, it's really striking looking. It's this ash brown with sort of darker brown spots. It's about the length of a pointer finger, so it's a cute little guy. And then it's got this long duck-like snout and these bright red forward-facing eyes. It's kind of cartoonish looking, and it's absolutely adorable. Hmm. And is that... Wait, that's one that lives in a flower? Yeah, yeah. Have you, Katie, ever seen one of these frogs that live in a flower? No. Not in person. Have you checked flowers? Do you do you check flowers yeah, a lot? Yeah, but I oh, yeah. I I just like shove a hand in a flower, and one of these days it's gonna catch up to me because uh, <laughs> these these guys, these little Bruno's <laughs> yeah. cascaded frogs, have a great defense mechanism against curious people or animals who Uh-oh. are trying to invade their idyllic little pond home. Oh, that no. duck bill that you see is actually this bony plate on their head, and they will basically use their head to seal the entrance to their bromeliad pond to protect themselves from predators. And it's not just armor. Their skulls are equipped with spikes that can inject venom into an assailant by headbutting them. So 
these frogs are one of only two venomous frog species. So you may be thinking, well, what about uh, poison arrow frogs, poison dart frogs, like th those little tree frogs that are brightly colored. So those are poisonous. <laughs> somebody, somebody might be thinking that. I'm not thinking that. <laughs> What, what, <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, I was thinking that. Oh, yeah, about, oh, yeah, what about poison arrow frogs, Katie? Well, the poison arrow frog <laughs> lobby is, is, it may not seem like it, but they're quite strong and well-funded, so I've got to be careful. Wow, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, so these are venomous, meaning that they actually inject a toxin rather than just uh, the toxin being absorbed through the skin or being ingested, so... Uh, yeah, this is one of only two venomous frog species that are known. The other species is the Corythomantis greenagi. Um, so both of these frogs use the same method of basically using spines that are in their skulls that are laced with venom, and they will actually puncture their own skin, and the, the spines come out like through their upper lip, and they will headbutt you if you try to invade their little bromeliad pad. And this venom causes incredible pain and is super potent. A gram of venom from one of these guys could kill 80 people. Again, I don't really know how they tested that. Wow. I don't know. But all I know is I wish that the, we could have gotten a lot of people out of the way who turned out to be evil senators <laughs> if the bullfrogs, if the bullfrogs in New Canaan, Connecticut, had had just even a little, little dab. This of This is what I'm saying, right? Like you, I mean, this is you didn't yeah. grab the frogs, which first of all, good because that's nice, nice to the frogs. You don't want to grab frogs and squeeze them. You, you know, if at most, like maybe offer them a little bottle cap full of water for them to sip from you know i don't think all interactions with frogs have to be negative but if you grab one that's that's gonna stress the frog out no yeah these are the type of guys I, you know where i grew up in connecticut new canaan connecticut you know home of the financial advisor <laughs> uh the, the, you know that they the people there don't have any attachment to nature they just nature is just a backdrop for them to play golf on or drink whiskey and they, you know, so they see frogs and they just pick them up like they're a fucking, you know, they just grab things. They're just grabbers as humans. You know, they're just like, give me that frog. You know, give me that thing. Give me that. You know, like, oh, look, a baseball. Give me that. Give me that frog, too. So there's just a lot of grabbing going on in that culture. So they grab frogs the way they would grab a beer. And I just couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, I didn't understand yeah. how you could do that. So it, I think it's a, I, hope, I wish, I just wish one of those frogs could have at least headbutted someone. Yeah. I mean, and shot some poison into their. Bone. I would never want to subject the. Uh, <laughs> I would never want to subject the the uh, rainforest to this, but it does seem like it would be fun to kind of have a rainforest tour for some of these these bros that just grab nature and just you know let them let them learn a little bit. Yeah, you know, ha have it. Be yes, or a Bolsonaro. He's <laughs> tearing down the whole yeah. rainforest. Yeah, I wish some of the, one of these frogs had. Pop out of one of these flowers and headbutt him. So these these Bruno's cascaded frogs, I don't, I don't know if they could kill a person. I'm not sure they know whether or not they could kill someone because even though a gram of venom is enough to kill a whole bunch of people, 
the key is how much venom they actually inject per headbutt. Uh, so while it's more potent than something like, say, a pit viper, if it only injects like a little bit, like it's a little tiny stab, it's not going to kill you. However, there was a researcher who accidentally got jabbed by the less toxic C. Uh, grinigi species and reported intense pain in his entire arm for over five hours. So... I would imagine that the more potent frog, the Bruno's cascaded frog, if you got stung by one of those, it would be mm, unpleasant, bad, bad for your health. Yeah, I think they should start measuring, like, get the measurement. What? what how many? How many people could this one kill? Uh, eighty. Well, we don't know how many it could kill through normal, like headbutting because we don't really i don't know if it's right. known how much venom it injects but if you a gram of the venom is concentrated enough that it it could take out 80 people wow see i think they should start measuring it in like weirder right. stuff if they're gonna say 80 people they should be like a large dinner party <laughs> you know what i mean like could kill a human picnic or something right. like that put it in like <laughs> make it scarier because People will really leave these frogs alone if they if you if you have the idea that it could take out a whole picnic. could take out a third of a fish concert. Exactly. That's <laughs> what I'm exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, that's what I mean. <laughs> that's funny. Well, oh, I was just thinking about yeah. Uh, well, if you actually look at one of the skulls of these things, it really kind of shows you the menacing. Because you look at their sweet little faces, you're like, that little guy? This little, this little like weird dog-faced, cute little Muppet-looking frog. No, but yeah. their skulls are a nightmare. They have so many spikes. It's like I don't. I've been playing a lot of Elden Ring. I'm gonna be honest with you, and this definitely looks mm -hmm. like something from that that game that does kill you immediately, even though you did dodge a lot. Uh, it's a for those of you who aren't playing Elden Ring, I mean, first of all, congratulations on having a life. But secondly, uh, any time you try to fight anything in that game, it is, it's very mean to you. It's very mean. And this skull, it, it looks like one of the mean bosses that kills you really badly over and over again. That's insane. I'm looking at this thing. That is crazy. Yeah. It's got a the whole the whole front of this thing's head has needles. Yeah, all over it. exactly. It little right. needles, and it's just and it you know Wolverine esque just jabs it through its own skin without a care in the Insane. world. It's like it's at that's crazy. the overall vibe of this frog. Despite how cute it is, it's very menacing. It's like I am willing to jab uh, all of my skull knives through my own skin just just to get at you. And so, you know, I am, I'm personally intimidated. That Yeah, that's like, I, I want to know what these, what are these frogs? What secrets are these frogs keeping? I know. That nature gave them so many spikes. <laughs> Inside. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like what, I, this makes me think, Katie, this, this discussion makes me think about, you know, I just wonder why some, like some plants have prickers on them, like, you know, thorns. Mm -hmm. And then some, some like, you know, some peppers, if you eat the wrong pepper, you're going to burn your face yeah. off, you know, like a hot yeah. pepper, you know. And then you eat some other peppers that uh, 
you know, don't do anything to you, like a green pepper or like a yellow pepper or whatever, you know, just a pepper, or you just eat it on a salad. Mm -hmm. So I'm just wondering, it's sort of interesting to me when I think about why some some poor vegetables or animals end up with no defense, and then some end up with the most elaborate, crazy <laughs> you ever saw. And then I wonder if these animals have some sort of secret, and that's why they have so much <laughs> on them, and like why... Why hot peppers must have some something right. they're protecting. It's very important. Are you asking what kind of frogs you can put on a salad? Um, no, no, no. <laughs> certainly not. Uh, if I don't want to touch a frog, I definitely don't want to eat a frog. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just I just think it's interesting that some animals get such like wild yeah. defense, and some seem to get like very little. Like you know, like a I don't know, I don't know, like a sparrow. I bet a sparrow would like to have, I don't know who eats sparrows, I guess like hawks. Yeah. You know, I bet a sparrow could have used a few spikes. That's all I was, you know, I was just thinking like, why this Seems guy unfair. get all the spikes? does seem unfair. Yeah. I mean, it. I think it's, you know, the simple rule of evolution is if you are able to survive, that's it. Like evolution doesn't care about how cool you look, how much fun you have in life. It It really doesn't have any like quality of life like hey why don't why didn't humans get cool spikes well if we're if we survived without the spikes then you know we just don't yeah. get to have them so it's yeah i guess that's right i mean that makes sense because like it's not like green peppers aren't thriving right they're everywhere we just like to eat them yeah <laughs> <laughs> i cannot get i cannot oh. i can't spit and not hit a green pepper you know what i mean no, it's insane. I'm so I'm tired. So of tired them of them. Coming they're, out, getting out of bed in the morning. Reds and the yellow them. peppers. I'm all right with. They're chill. They're really delicious. Green peppers. Get out of here. Stop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And then they're then out of nowhere. You think that you talk disrespect to green pepper, and then they head right, you and you've your arm is killing you for five hours and that green pepper's name <laughs> bruno's cascaded frog and we've come full circle um <laughs> nice work before we move on to the next section i did want to just briefly mention a frog i love this frog because it's just a frog who has a knife essentially it's like normal wow. frog uh, but then it's it's got a it's it's just got a knife. Uh, this is Hylos. That's yeah. a great name for an indie rock band. Frog Fri with a knife. Frog with a knife. Yeah. Um, this is another small tree dwelling frog in Ecuador. I, I tell you, these tree frogs, they are nuts. Like they, the dangers they must face in these rainforests are so intense that they they have become hard. Uh, they have become hardcore, uh, and they don't mess around. So. Hyloscurtus uh, hilisi is a gray little frog with gold flecks and gold eyes. It's very pretty. And it's just got an extra knife finger. That's about it. It's got an extra finger that's a knife. Uh, it is a sharp extra protrusion off the side of its thumb that the frog uses to stab uh, other frogs, uh, you know, predators. Researchers apparently it was able to stab through a latex glove and scratch a researcher. So you know it's just a cute little frog with a knife attached to it, an extra knife finger. Oh, it's got which one is the knife? The little thumb. Yeah, little little stick. Yeah. Little, okay. Uh, okay. I got it. Yep. Yeah. I just like that. 
I, I sometimes, as much as I appreciate creativity in evolution, I also like it when evolution just kind of pops out something that it sounds like it's just kind of running out of ideas like a frog, but uh, it's got a knife. <laughs> yeah. Fro- frog with a knife. Yeah. Yeah. That is a very beautiful little frog. And you would never think that it has a knife. No. It's just the way you would not think any animal, at least in my experience, I never expect an animal to have yeah. a knife. But I but I might want to adjust yeah, start that expecting. expectation. Mm-hmm. Start thinking about it. <laughs> but that is crazy. It's a beautiful little frog and it's got fucking knives. <laughs> Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, You can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi on a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. So now we are uh, we are going to talk about one more frog that is uh, menacing, and this frog is called Basil Bufo. Basil Bufo. Um, it is. Wow, that's another good name for a Basil Bufo. It is combining the devil's name Bub, or. Some people think it's oh. not the devil. Some people think it's the Lord of the Flies. Um, but it's combining Bub with Latin for toad, which is bufo. 
uh, even though technically this is a frog. So just just a reminder, um, all toads are frogs and only some frogs are toads. Toads are just defined as frogs that kind of are, they have some certain characteristics like thicker, more rough skin, um, stubbier legs, things like that. So uh, Biesel Bufo is also known as the devil frog. It is an extinct species of frog that lived around 70 million years ago in Madagascar. It is estimated to have grown around a foot in length, around 9 to 16 inches or 23 to 42 centimeters and up to 10 pounds or 4.5 kilograms, which is larger than some chihuahuas. Chris, how you how, how yeah, you yeah. feeling about this this frog so far? Because you know, well, I'm just imagining like in my head, I just pictured Kim Kardashian with a one of these frogs in her bag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what I that's what I got so far. That's what I got so far. Katie. Man, I would love to live in that universe where <laughs> instead of toy toy dogs, we have toy frogs, uh, and you, you got Paris Hilton with one of these these devil frogs just sitting contentedly in a Gucci bag. Yeah, or else a, a situation where an alien is carrying around Kim Kardashian. In a bag. <laughs> it's just bags all the way down. Yes, yeah, like every every species dreams of having a pet in a yeah. bag. Yeah, but who's we? I guess every everyone is someone's pet in a bag, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's... Jane's addiction. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that song? We'll make great pets. <laughs> no, no, I don't. About aliens. Oh, it's a song called Pets, and it's about uh. I mean, it's just about aliens having us as pets someday and how we'll make great pets. And I just remember that was actually a, a thought that in 1993, I actually was kind of like, wow, like kind of mind-blowing, like smoke some weed, be like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I never really thought about that, but yeah. Yeah. We would be pets for aliens. We would be pets in alien purses, and we would have our own purses filled with our own pets. And Right. It would just never stop. <laughs> There'd be a there'd be a purse and then shortage. Basil Bufo would have like a smaller frog in its purse, and then that frog would have yes, like a be totally out of micro hyalid frog in its purse because like there are teeny oh tiny God. frogs that are this, like smaller than your pinky nail, so it'd probably have like one of those. Yes. Yeah. No, I could. This situation could rapidly get out of hand. Um, for this is the version of capitalism I want. <laughs> if capitalism gives us. <laughs> nesting frogs in bags then i <laughs> yes, change yes. my attitude towards towards the frogs carrying around right, other frogs in bags right this is this is the only like when people ask what what are we what is our goal in life like what is the economy for what are we striving towards as a civilization it's frogs in bags and frogs in bags and frogs in bags yeah. Yes, exactly. And also i would like to i i you imagine i mean i i i think about this because i was just on my own podcast, I was talking about golden doodles mm -hmm. recently, and I was thinking about, you know, like I was talking about how I don't, I don't quite like the idea of like people wanting a hypoallergenic dog, you know, because then it just opens this door to like genetically engineering them. So like I was just thinking about someone like shrinking a German Shepherd to make it, you know, I th I think I mentioned a shrunken German Shepherd earlier in the show. I just have shrunken German Shepherds on my mind because I imagined. <laughs> 
having a German shepherd shrunk down so someone could have one in their bag, yeah. you know? And um, But I was also thinking about how much fun it would be to actually ride around in a bag and how I, I would love to be a bag animal. Well, you could have potentially done that uh, <laughs> around 70 million years ago in Madagascar if you were small enough uh, to be the prey of this devil frog. Like if you were a baby dinosaur, like maybe, hey, maybe in a past life you were a baby dinosaur and uh, these devil frogs had these huge Pac-Man-like mouths. Uh, they're similar, potentially similar, although probably not very related to horned frogs that live today. These are these frogs that are just kind of triangular shaped and they have it, they're like 99% mouth. They have this huge mouth to body ratio. And so basically Pac-Man with little frog legs. And so this wow. suggests that these devil frogs ate large prey, probably even baby dinosaurs. Holy and the bite force of their jaws is estimated to have been somewhere between 500 to 2,000, uh, over 2,000 newtons. Oh. So for reference, oh my God. human bite force of our back molars is around 1,300 newtons. So uh, oh. yeah, potentially stronger than a uh, human bite. Uh, so Oh, God. Yeah. I don't even want to think about how many newtons my bite is. <laughs> It just made me upset because I, you know, I don't really bite things that hard, but I know that, you know, if someone really wants to bite you, it's, it's no, no joke. it's no joke. I think about my bite force yeah. all the time because I have um, bruxism or I, I it's not really teeth grinding. It's more clenching. Uh, I have, oh, I have a really gorgeous uh, retainer that's very fetching that I have to wear at night. Otherwise, I will destroy like. My my teeth clenching is so bad. I feel like if I continue to clench, I'm just going to kind of hyper compress my teeth and start like a new black hole in my mouth. So the retainer yeah. is really important. Well, yeah, tis the season for that sort of this is a this is definitely teeth clenching season. Yeah, yeah. These last couple, these last couple of years have been like golden age. Yeah, me. yeah. It's uh, you know, I mean, at least I'm working out my jaw muscles, I guess. So if I ever need to compete one of the with one of these, I mean, these are extinct, but I feel like if one of these Beazel Bufos uh somehow <laughs> unthaws somewhere, that name right, rules. and we clone them, yeah. some kind of like Jurassic Frog Park. Because, you know, they only have dinosaurs in those things and plants. I don't know why they didn't have more, like, old frogs. But, yeah, uh, I I've been working out my new Newtonian force. So, you know, like, uh, maybe I could beat one of these frogs at, like, a biting competition. Oh, man, just imagine. What a life that would be. Biting competitions with frogs, frogs in bags. This would be... I dream about it every night. <laughs> it's probably uh, why I'm clenching my jaw so hard in my sleep. Now, now I'm thinking about bite force in terms of picnics. Mm. My bite force, my bite force is the equivalent of fifty picnics. May the uh, this is what I'm going to say next time, like like we're eating dinner or something. Like may the bite force be with you, and then everyone will just bust their guts laughing at my cool Star Wars humor. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! Yeah. 
I hope I'm not at that. I hope I'm not at that dinner. <laughs> well, now comes the moment everyone's been waiting for. More Star Wars jokes. No, I'm kidding. The actual moment everyone's been waiting for. It is uh, the Mystery Animal Sound Game. Guess who's squawking? Every week we play a Mystery Animal Sound, and you, the listener, and you, the guest, try to guess who's squawking. Who's making that sound? It could be anything. It could be. So From cool. birds to insects to mammals to sea creatures to invertebrates to vertebrates to furry to naked. So many different animals that could be making this sound. So anything is game. Uh, so last week's mystery animal sound had this hint that it sounds like an adorable squeaking mouse, except it has way too many legs to be a mouse. And this is what that sound was. Yeah, I would guess a mouse. Sounds pretty mouse-like. What are you going to tell me that is? What? The, yeah, what the hell is that? <laughs> So this is not a mouse. Uh, this is, in fact, a poor, sweet little camel spider being harassed. So, oh my God! So camel spiders get a pretty bad reputation because they're kind of scary looking, but they are mostly harmless to humans. Hooray for being mostly harmless! Uh, they That's nice. do have strong chelicerae, so those are the bitey parts, uh, which they can mm. use. Now, stay with me. Don't, don't freak out yet. They can oh. use to cut <laughs> through bird feathers and light bird bones, but, but they wow. are not venomous. And so their bite may be kind of a painful nip, but probably no worse than what you might receive from a chihuahua. So... You know, if I got bitten by a spider that hurt as much as a fucking <laughs> chihuahua, I would fucking lose my mind. That is that's crazy. <laughs> I hope that never happens to me. <laughs> How many Newtons are we dealing with, Katie, with this spider's bite? Do we do oh, we know? Wow. I don't actually have that it information it on the, I just off the top of my I head. I just thought was, I want to know about I want about all I don't want to know about all the I'm Newtons. I'm going to say now. hmm I mean, thousand newtons? No, less. Five hundred. If we were a thousand, it's probably only like two fifty. Yeah, yeah. I would say, or maybe a hundred. Yeah, maybe three hundred. I'm gonna guess. I don't know. Also, are you? Am I the only one who's picturing Sir Isaac Newton biting people right now? Yes. Oh, no. Okay. Not again. So these are found in uh, dry climates in sort of desert terrain. They mm -hmm. are, despite being called uh, camel spiders, or sometimes they're called wind scorpions, uh, they are Jesus. neither spiders nor scorpions. They are actually solifuges. Um, so these are a variety of species of solifuges. Uh, they are actually in the same class as spiders and scorpions and arachnida, but they are not. Uh, they are not spiders and they are not scorpions. So their appearance is somewhat strange and alarming, and for this reason, their ferocity is often much overreported. So some species do grow up to be quite 
large. Uh, they can grow up to be about six inches or 15 centimeters long, including the legs. So that's, I can see that being that's pretty big. intimidating. But yeah, most yeah. species are only around two inches or five centimeters. So, you know, adorable little babies. Uh, they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are a light tan color with a long oval-shaped segmented abdomen. They have eight legs and two large pedipalps that kind of look like an extra set of legs, but they're actually more used as sensory organs. Uh, its head is acorn-shaped with large chelicerae, which are those pincers. Um, and yeah. it breathes through spiracles, which are tiny holes all over its body, uh, which is a common method of breathing in a lot of invertebrates. That's insane. That's so So cool. it makes this cute little squeaking sound, if you can call it cute, uh, that sounds like a mouse squeaking, by stridulation. So it rubs its chelicerae together and creates this squeaking sound, much like a cricket will make a sound by rubbing uh, its uh, wings together. So this is a defensive sound. Uh, the solifuges actually lack venom, and so some species of solifuges will use chirps or hisses to ward off predators. So they're just scaled, just little scaled babies. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm... That's one way to look at I it. I feel like I'm not selling you on these. <laughs> I think I like, uh, I have nothing against spiders. I actually, uh, at all, you know, I, I think they're, I try and leave them alone, you know, even, even in my house. Um, but like I saw, and I saw, I saw, I saw one hiking or I've seen two actually since the pandemic, actually, I, I never really hiked before that. And I was hiking and I saw like a tarantula mm -hmm. twice and it's so beautiful. I mean, it's just incredible to see one in, in the wild. It's just, uh, I, I love it. It was two of my, I've seen a ton of deer and bears, and I, the spider was my favorite thing to see. They, I, yeah, there are some tarantulas that are truly, truly beautiful. I've held one before. It's, it was a friend's um, pet, and it's, they're so like light and fluffy. They're, it, it's both unsettling how light they are and it also kind of like disarming where it's like, oh, you're just like a little little light poof ball. And then suddenly it's like crawled halfway up your arm. My arm is like, all right, I think uh, we've, we've made friends enough here today. <laughs> but Right. Who was, your, who was your friend? Like uh, PJ Harvey? <laughs> no. Uh, I picture PJ Harvey having a spider. His name was Brooke. This is an elementary school. Wow, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, but, but yeah, solfuges, uh, they, they are not spiders, um, or, or scorpions, but they do kind of look like a spider mixed with a scorpion. And because of this look, uh, I think they, they spook people. They make them think they are much more dangerous than they really are. There are myths about it being able to outrun a human, this isn't quite true. So they're about half as fast as the world's fastest sprinter. Uh, they do have top speeds, some species of 10 miles per hour, which is 16 kilometers per hour. So like... It's pretty fast. Yeah, I, th I think they could catch up to you. That's fast. Yeah. <laughs> that could catch me in a second. That's, 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 that's very, that's very as fast. As if I can even run like five miles per hour i'm uh you know I i'm i'm definitely not 
if one of these soulfuges wanted to eat me, they definitely could. But they don't. They don't want to eat you. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad animals are just mostly minding yeah. their own business just because they could easily really mess <laughs> up. So the only thing they want to have to do with humans is maybe mooch off of the shade that we make, like with our bodies. So like uh, they like to be in the shade. They don't want to sit out in the sun for too long because they can overheat. Um, and so they may like the only cases that they would follow a human around would be because we have this nice shade uh, in our path and they just want to chill out oh. in the shade, which I think is kind of cute. That is nice. I'm going to carry an umbrella whenever I'm in the desert. <laughs> a little, Just like a little miniature umbrella that you hold over it. Yeah, a cocktail umbrella. Aww, <laughs> so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So uh, while uh. humans have nothing to worry about with solifuges, uh, insects, spiders, scorpions, or even other smaller species of solifuges as well as small birds and reptiles do actually have something to be worried about because solifuges are voracious eaters. They will constantly hunt to feed their very rapid metabolism. Uh, they're unusual in this respect. Often spiders or scorpions uh, or other arachnids are ambush predators. They kind of like to hide and wait for prey to come towards them, but solifuges are out hustling every day. They are, it, it's all about the hustle with these guys. You gotta, you gotta respect it. Mm-hmm. That's what I've been told. <laughs> you gotta respect the hustle. So, <laughs> I respect the nap. I, God, I love naps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hustling's okay, but I'd put hustling like fourth on I things know. I like maybe, or even, maybe even sixth. <laughs> <laughs> right behind going to the dentist <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> but that's nice that these spiders are out there doing it for yeah, themselves they're you know they're uh they wake up every day with a little cup of coffee and like every every little leg and uh you know a uh, little little uh each cup of coffee is like number one salesman of the month and with the little tie I don't know what yeah. I don't know what normal jobs is, honestly. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what normal jobs is. <laughs> That's a quote. I like that. Um, <laughs> I, I uh, yeah, I think that I, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder about the like social lives of these, these spiders and about like yeah, they don't get to have any coffee, which they don't need. You know, it's funny what you project all these human things. Like, I, it made me feel bad because I like coffee so much. I was like, oh, poor spiders. Can't have any coffee, but you know they don't get. <laughs> they're they're all ready to go. Yeah. you know what I mean. They're not like me. They're not all. Their tired coffee all the time. is is bird bones or something. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and I can't believe they can bite through bird bones. That's I mean, crazy. bird bones, to be fair, are pretty flimsy. Uh -oh. I could bite through one. <laughs> I was about to say, what are you? I uh, yeah, they're actually not that hard no. to bite through. Says no. Katie. Says Katie. <laughs> Like a toothpick. I'm chewing on some right I, now. You know, and they are not. I will. I will sometimes <laughs> crack open chicken bones, but that's a discussion for another time. Yeah, that's a different podcast. <laughs> chicken bone. Chicken podcast. bone crunch hour. It's for people who mm -hmm. enjoy the audio environment of hearing chicken bones being crunched right in their oh ears. Oh my god, that's oh whatever that's ASMR. AMSR, ASMR, whatever yeah. it is. Chicken bone yeah, ASMR. Yeah, people... Well, check 
I'm sure they got Check it. Check me out on my other podcast, No Bones About It, except there is bones about it because I'm crunching on bones <laughs> wow. right in your ear. And HD. Oh my God, that's a good. Binaural, trinaural audio. So. You better cut this out of the podcast because this is a good idea. <laughs> People would pay good money for that. <laughs> the no bones about it, except there are bones about it. With, with Katie Golden. <laughs> Patent pending, copyright. Yeah, totally. ASMR podcast with Katie Gold. Registered trademark. Oh, man. This is crazy. I can't believe iHeartRadio put out this chicken bone crunching podcast. I mean, it is. It's it's, pretty good. It's disrupting the podcast industry. um, You mm -hmm. know. I'll help you out with it. Thank you. I'll round round up the bones. we'll, We'll talk about this. (laughs) <laughs> we'll talk about this after the show, but we'll we'll make okay, it happen. Okay. Uh, so right. on to this week's mystery animal sound. Uh, here is the hint: when you find out how this sound is, when you find out how this sound is produced, I'll bet I could knock you over with a feather. Did you hear those, uh, like, I did, yeah. Beep, boop. Yeah, it sounds like uh, the sound a truck makes when it's mm-hmm. back. Like, like a beep. You know, what's funny about that is you can't see the video because it's a secret, but uh, the this mystery animal's butt is facing the camera, and it does actually do a little duty in the middle of it, so. Oh, my God. <laughs> But the sound is not. Thank God, I don't have video. The sound is oh not coming God. from the duty. Uh, it's coming from something else. Uh, do you have any guesses okay. as to who is uh, making the sound? I mean, that's that's a lot of clues. But uh, I, I mean, I just might as well make a joke because sure. I don't. I have no idea. Like maybe a, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, I can't even think. Like a like a some kind of owl mm. that lives on the ground. Yeah. Like an owl, a daytime a owl. Daytime owl that lives on the ground. I mean, there are. No, you're not. This is not absurd. There are. Oh no, is a real are thing. Burrowing owls, yeah. Oh, yeah. What? There are burrowing yeah, we owls. Yeah, just talked about them like a couple oh, weeks ago. Oh my yeah. god, I'm never gonna be outside in bare feet again. <laughs> burrowing owls. Yeah. Oh yeah, my god, and I've been wasting my time checking the trees for it. Like little oh. gophers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I've got to get more. I I only had an owl helmet. Mm. You I need did, owl I had, shoes. I had an owl helmet when I went out at night. I didn't have owl, owl shoes. Owl-proof shoes. Okay, so my guess is a. I, you know, my guess is some kind of bird, but I mean, I have no idea. It sounds like a digital. Sounds like one of those birds that sips water in the window. One of those automatic mm. like bird things. Those 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 mechanical birds. Those drinky that, birds that suck the water. Yeah. yeah. Well, those are my two guesses. So either burrowing owl or one of those sippy birds. Very good guesses. Mm-hmm. Um, the answer to this will be revealed next week, uh, next Wednesday. Oh my god! I know it's holy it's, hell. I'm not even going to be here. This is going to torture <laughs> me for the rest of my life. You'll never, I'll never tell you. Uh, <laughs> okay. So you'll just have to sit with that. I suppose I could listen. I could listen. Uh, so if you think you know the answer, you can write to me at creaturefeaturepod at gmail Chris, thank you so much for joining me today on this very froggy, very ribbity, ribbity time. I loved it. 
so fun, Katie. Thank you very much. And I'd come back anytime. I, I really, uh, this is not my wheelhouse. So it's very, it's very fun to, uh, you know, I never find myself talking about this kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, it's yeah, fun. I like to share, share the wheelhouse. Uh, it's yeah. cool. So uh, we, where can people find you? And do you, you have got anything to plug? Sure, I got. Um, you can find me at, at the Crofton Show on Instagram or Twitter. Um, I also write an advice column called the Advice King for the Nashville scene, which I've been doing for God, almost eight years now. And uh, the big news for me is that um, I have a book coming out on Vander- Vanderbilt University Press. It's actually an anthology of, uh, anthology of my advice columns called the the Advice King Anthology. The Advice King Anthology in it comes out April 15th and you can pre-order it now from Vanderbilt University Press website and they started shipping just like I just started getting pictures from people that's showing that they got them in the mail wow. and I still haven't I don't even have one <laughs> but I but it's beautiful and and I'm so excited it's 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 a big fat book of my advice columns and my advice columns range from being just silly to being quite serious and so this um, is like that it's, it's a fun Pagliacci book. joke where it's like Pagliacci goes to a therapist and it's like, I'm sad. How do I get cheered up? And the therapist is like, well, there's this great clown that cheers everyone up. And then the clown, he's like, but I'm that clown. I think that's how that joke goes. But for you, yes, it's like, yes, yes, it d- you're like, it is. I need some advice. And it's like, well, have you checked out this advice book? It's like, well, that's my advice book. And I don't even have a copy. Right. That's I. Uh, that's a cool problem to have though for me i'm very excited to have that problem so yeah the advice king anthology on vanderbilt university is coming out april april 15th and you can pre-order it now and you can find uh the show on the internet at creature feature pod on instagram at creature feet pod on twitter that's f-e-a-t not f-e-e-t that is something very different and you know I'm, i'm katie golden so i'm on twitter too uh just you know most of my tweets have been about Elden Ring lately. I'm sorry. It's just how it is sometimes. About, about Elden what? Elden Ring, the game, the computer game. Oh, okay, right. I pretended like I knew what that was. <laughs> um, I, I figured I figured what it is. It's like a fantasy, yeah. like kind of like a, um, uh, what do you call it? What's another famous one of those? Like kind of Skyrim. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not famous enough for me. I'm thinking about, uh, I forget what I'm thinking. One more thing I forgot to say. I have a po- I have a podcast yeah. called Cold Brew Got Me Like that's on like you know all the podcast places and it's good and I forgot to it's a podcast me and my brother do and it's called Cold Brew Got Me Like and you can get it on all the places. Sorry, I forgot to yeah. say that. Yeah, no, it's well now you've said it. Um, and I've admitted cool. embarrassing facts about me like that I play Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering. <laughs> if Magic the Gathering that's what I was, was on the computer. And the cards, instead of being cards, it was like things moving around on the screen that hit you with big swords and kill you very badly all the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that Magic the Gathering was a... I I didn't know it was a card game. (laughs) But yeah, that's... Well, I'm going to check. I'm going to stop talking about Welcome to my new podcast. sound a hundred. My new podcast that happens at the end of this podcast where it's like, (laughs) I explain what computer games are to people. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Totally cool. Yeah. Sort of the world's oldest man. (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, And thanks to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome 
song, Exolumina, Creature Features, a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or guess what? Wherever you listen to your favorite shows, I don't care. Do what you want. It's fine. See you next Wednesday. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.